you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, before you get to your show, it's DJ and Bucky here with Move the Six. Bucky, tell them what's coming up on our beefy episode this week. Calvin Johnson and Peyton Manning retired. We talk about where they stand amongst the NFL greats. Also, we discuss the difference between pro days and the combine, how important they are in the scouting evaluation. And a red star, what is it? We'll tell you on Move the Six. Check us out, nfl.com slash podcast, iTunes, as well as YouTube. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what is up? It's the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Coe here alongside the Wiz Kid from Wisconsin, uh, rocking his Green Bay Packers hat today. Alex Gelhar, what's up, man? Uh, not too much. I'm rocking the hat because you know we're in a drought out here, and I was gonna okay. be drought conscious and just go to uh, the gym during my lunch hour, and sure, work a little later. Okay. But- Podcast scheduling snafus, everything. So oh, now I'm just snafus were stuck over here in the in the hat the sna- extra long, <laughs> which the- I don't mind. I've had this sure. hat for years, as you can probably tell. It looks worn in, and I and I enjoy it. Adam Rank doesn't like the fact that it is curved bill, though. Yeah, whatever. I'm probably going to be a dad runner eventually, so <laughs> I'll wear the dad hat. I don't think I could pull off a flat brimmed hat, to be honest. Oh come on, pal! I have a gigantic head too. You live. Really you live with West Virginia's finest. Matt Harmon. <laughs> he is. I get that he's from West Virginia, but he's a hipster now. Yeah, so that means he's going to wear, now? like, fedoras. and Or not fedoras, but, like, you know, Charles, he's Carly up. Whitehurst type ch- hats. That's true. That's true. Well, okay. Or Harmon's not here and he's getting slandered on the podcast again. That's a, it, there's no slander. <laughs> it's nothing but truths. Hashtag facts. We saw it. We saw it. On, I saw it on Twitter. Yeah. It w- West Virginia uh, proclaimed uh, yesterday Matt Harmon Day. It w- that was certainly official. It's official. <laughs> we also got MG, my guy, Marcus Grant here, uh, sans yogurt, because we're well into the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, you know, this time of year, I actually switch it up. I'm more oatmeal. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And then when it gets warmer again, I'll go You're back a seasonal to, uh, breakfast eater? I kind of am, yeah. Interesting. You know, usually winter, fall. Okay. Uh, fall, winter, I'm, I'm usually oatmeal. Spring, summer is, is more like yogurt cereal. Sort of Things thing. we learn... On the Anful Fantasy Life podcast, uh, very good stuff here. Uh, we are going to be talking about uh, dream free agency landing spots. A great uh, article on NFL.com slash fantasy written by one Me. Mr. Alex Gelhar. We got a lot of good free agency content. We'll just plug it real quick. There's that one. I also looked at the top 30 free agents, which is oh, changing a lot as they're getting signed. And James did a massive piece on the cap situation for the teams and which ones are likely. All 32, baby. Which ones are likely to sign free agents. So, to get your fantasy free agency primer, just head to NFL.com slash fantasy. Or if you still have the app downloaded, pull it up. It got go. all that stuff in there, too. Uh, Doug Martin, Lamar Miller, Matt Forte, Antonio Gates, Marvin Jones, Travis Benjamin, Arian Foster, Alfred Morris. We're going to try to pound out all of these guys. Did you notice one name he, he left off that list, Marcus? It's Chris Ivory. Uh-huh. He hates. Why? <laughs> <laughs> subconsciously left him off the list, jumped right over him. <laughs> You think it's subconscious, huh? You think it's just, just accidentally? Yeah, sure. I black out when I see that name. I don't I don't understand what's happening. But, no, we will get to those names, uh, Doug Martin and uh, Arian Foster uh, and Matt Forte especially, because I know there's a lot of intrigue. Uh, a lot of, lot of stuff swirling around already today. We're Absolutely. in that, that legal tampering period, so some rumors are swirling. Legal It'll be tampering. Legal tampering. <laughs> That's one of my favorite phrases in all it of the NFL. It makes no sense. That is, that is the jumbo shrimp. Of oxymoron <laughs> in the NFL. Legal tampering. It's pretty fantastic. I like it. All right, let's get to our top headlines. Oh, it's been a while since we've been able to have top headlines. Oh, I like it. There are a lot today, so here we go. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Don't watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids. Has your wife. All right, we're going to start in Tennessee and in Philadelphia. DeMarco Murray traded 
to Tennessee. We thought the Tennessee Titans, because of their cap situation and because of their uh, positional depth and needs, uh, would be a big-time player in the free agent market for running backs. In a way, I guess they were. They made a trade with Philadelphia to, to take on DeMarco Murray. Um, I, I'm assuming he – I mean, obviously he comes in and, and immediately becomes – uh, the viable number one guy there, the, the the running back situation certainly for the Tennessee Titans is not great. It's less than ideal. <laughs> uh, they had a couple of, of younger running backs that, uh, although they you know they did re-sign Antonio Andrews, uh, so he'll be there. Correct. But he's he's going to be playing a a backup role, no question. Uh, to Demarco Murray, what did you guys think of the move? Uh, I kind of liked it. I mean, it, it spells the end of David Cobb, which Harmon made fun of me about over the <laughs> last <laughs> night, too. It's like, how does it feel now that David Cobb is like officially dead in fantasy? I was like, ah, it was bound to happen. <laughs> but um, Mur- Murray wanted out because he wanted to be more of a feature back. Yeah. And Mike Malarkey was looking for a feature back. And we've heard, I saw on Twitter and other things that he, you know, he wants a guy that he can feed carries and, yeah. you know, for lack of a better term, almost run into the ground. So he's got that now in Murray. It helps the situation in Tennessee become more clear because previously, like you said, Andrews, David Cobb, Bishop Sankey were a mess this last year. Dex throwing Dexter McCluster too. We had no idea what that was going to look like now. Now we know it's DeMarco's backfield. And in Philly, unless they still try to move Ryan Matthews or they feel content with him, that turns it into a much more of a one-two punch with him and Darren Sproles. You know, it's weird. I feel as if, I feel as if Ryan Matthews was the clear-cut winner. Uh, in this trade, probably I don't believe. De- I, I just don't think it really helps Demarco that much. Look, I know that he was absolutely, um, gosh, I don't know what, what's the right. He was demonized last year. There's no question. Murray he was also not good. <laughs> there were yes, he was not good. Uh, there were a lot, a lot of stretches where he looked uh, like a bad player. Uh, but, but I guess I guess I look at the scheme, guys, and, and I look at Tennessee. Marcus Mariota. You know, played a lot of snaps out of the shotgun. I, I'm assuming they'll want to do a, a few more plays, a percentage of plays, I should say, uh, from under center, which would help DeMarco Murray, right? But if they run a lot of shotgun, does this help DeMarco Murray at all? All right, can we, can we settle on a DeMarco Murray narrative? Because, you know, he got to Dallas and, and he was running a lot of plays. You know, the Cowboys ran a lot of plays under center. Okay. And, and DeMarco was fine, especially once they got that offensive line together. He had a huge year with... Yeah. You know, almost 400 carries yep. and was it 1,800 uh, rushing yards. Um, but then he goes to Philly and, you know, they knew that everybody knew that, that Chip Kelly wanted to play out of the shotgun more. And then the narrative became, well, you know, he played in that system at Oklahoma with Sam Bradford. Right. And they were out of the shotgun. So yes. this should be fine. And obviously it wasn't fine at all. So now, like, we're are we happy that he's back under center, that the quarterback may be back under center? Because. I mean, we saw Mariota out of the shotgun a lot in a college, lot, man, and in, in the NFL last year. So I, I mean, I feel like we need to we need to crystallize a Demarco Murray narrative. So we don't know what Mike Malarkey is going to do, right? Well, uh, he's he keeps saying that exotic Smash Mouth, which uh, who knows what that know. means? Yeah, who who really knows? We have to go back and look because it's coming from his like Cordell Stewart days. But okay. it seems to imply more of a power running game, okay, which would fit a little more with what Demarco Absolutely. Murray does does best. He was at his worst last year trying to run those stretch plays to the outside because you could tell at the end of 2014 he'd lost a little bit of a step after, you know, 12,000 carries in that one year and it just wasn't happening last year. So if he can but when he was ran between the tackles, he looked good. He looked good. I thought he looked that fine. That was that was that was what he was. So we're not going to get 2014 to Marco Murray in Tennessee, no. but we could get a fine facsimile. That's... What what are, what are we thinking here stat projection wise? 1200 yards? Eh, that might be a little much. Oh, that's a much. Bit much. I, How about 1,200 total? I, You know what I would feel for him is maybe in like 1,200 total, like a Chris Ivory stat line from this year. Like he gets around 1,000 yards, maybe a little more. Seven, eight touchdowns? Six to eight touchdowns, couple hundred in the passing rate, in the passing game, and calls it a, calls it a season. Is this a guy that we take in the sixth round, seventh round? Later? You might have to take him earlier than yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's going to be earlier than that because he, he's going to be the back there. I mean, there's, there's nobody else really that's going to take carries away from him. And even with the Titans – uh, just a, a featured back is worth a little bit more. All right, so what's the price? What's the, what's the draft price? This, I mean, he the thing is he's a name, too. He's yeah. a name, and people know what he's capable of if he gets more touches. But he still has the stink of 2015. That's what it is. It's a powerful um, stink. I mean, he was a top 20 back. It was a terrible year last year. Right. But he, you know, his per-game averages were not as great. But he did he did have his stretches. So I'm, I'm going to say I'm guessing he's going to be one of those guys – where, like, this year it was, like, the Frank Gore in the fourth-ish round. 
Yeah. Fourth, fourth, fifth. It's going to be like a Demarco Murray range there. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. Like round four or five. Ugh, I can't pay a round four price. I can't do. It. There's too many good players, man. There's too many good players. It depends how the board falls. It yeah. really does. Yeah, it does. I'll t- I'll tell you this. I think if you're playing it in like a, a of a more of an expert's, league, I think he'll fall. I do, because because in experts leagues, I mean, unless you're Michael Fabiano, you love upside guys, right? Like upside guys go way fast, way early. And it leaves guys like DeMarco Murray kind of trailing off a little bit. So, I don't know. It, you know, again, as always, it always depends on the setup and all that kind of stuff. But 10-team standard, I wouldn't be surprised to see him there in the fifth. Uh, if you can get him in the sixth, that's an, I, I'm comfortable with that price. Fourth, ugh, I can't do it. Uh, let's talk about, well, two basically superstars hanging out. I think we already knew about Peyton Manning. Uh, he was gonna we were hoping, but yeah. it seemed to getting stretched a long time. Like, rumors are swirling that he might not be done or blah, blah, blah. But. He is done, and good for him. <laughs> uh, he looked like he was done uh, for long stretches, uh, maybe the entire 2015. But, uh, but yeah, uh, Matt Harmon r- wrote a, a very in-depth piece talking about his fantasy impact and, and where he uh, sits. We're talking about Peyton Manning in terms of legacy, fantasy-wise. Uh, you can check that out on NFL.com slash fantasy yeah. as well. I mean, fantasy-wise, like, people will debate forever and, you know, rank gets into it, his place among the all-time greats, like, in just terms of regular football. But fantasy-wise, Manning's kind of unparalleled so far in his run of sustained success. And not only what what he did for owners that had him, but how he lifted literally everybody around him to, you know... Unbelievable height. Wide receiver, RB1 heights, tight end one heights. Like, it's ridiculous. He turned guys like Brandon Stokely and Austin Colley into, yeah. you know legitimate fantasy starting options. It's ridiculous. Like, not to the point where, you know, the Patriots passing game with Tom Brady always has guys, but you're not looking at all those wide receivers just trotting them out. But if Peyton's in the offense, you're like, hell, I'll start this guy. Yeah. Why not? Absolutely. I mean, there were a lot of years where you could have just drafted Colts and and you would have won. Easily. Easily. Are you kidding? Like, one of my my early years playing fantasy football, I somehow ended up with uh, Peyton Manning, uh, a young Marvin Harrison and some rookie running back named Edrin James. Yeah, I baby. bowled through the league <laughs> on the way to a championship. There you go. I like it. All right, I like it. Um, yeah, find the piece online. Uh, Megatron also uh, hanging them up. Uh, Marcus Grant, you wrote a nice little piece on Megatron as well. Uh, truly one of my favorite players uh, ever to play the game. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, I, I, the immediate conversation when the retirement was announced was whether or not he's going to be a Hall of Famer, and I don't, I don't think there's any doubt that he's a Hall of Famer. How can that even be a, a conversation? I, I, don't, I don't even understand. I don't How know. could that be a conversation? I don't know. Because I, lots of the Hall of Fame voting comes down to box score and accolades and stuff, but <sighs> I, I think it should come down to what they did on the field, and for that several years stretch, there was nobody more dominant there was than nobody Calvin better. Johnson. Nobody better nobody. than Calvin Johnson. So I, I don't think that's really a debate. But, um, you know, it, I think that the next thing is, for from our perspective, yeah. is what does this mean for the Lions? And Golden tape, baby. Yeah, I see. I just, I don't I don't buy it. I know he played well for those stretches when, when Calvin Johnson was either hurt yeah. or not there. Um, but I just don't know that the body of work for Golden Tate suggests that he can be a number one wide receiver. Uh, certainly not for the Lions and definitely not for a fantasy team. Those, I think. Real quick, those games are encouraging, but it is also a small sample size. small sample size. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a handful. You're talking about what, three to five games, essentially. Um, I think what what's going to be interesting to watch is what do the Lions do in free agency? Do they chase somebody maybe like Marvin Jones? Do they go out and draft Laquan Treadwell in the first I round? Who, I think they will. That is that is the projection right now. I, I've seen a lot of mock drafts where he falls to them at 16. I shouldn't say falls to them, but he ends up there uh, with the 16th pick. Um, in fact, someone in one of our planning meetings this morning, uh, I believe it was uh, the, the, <laughs> the one and only Jim Reineking, <laughs> Uh, made a comment of could the Lions go from Megatron to Megaquan? Oh, Megaquan, yeah, buddy. Oh, Jim Ryan. There it is. <laughs> so there it is. Um, you know, but I think I think that's going to have an impact. Obviously on Golden Tate. Obviously on you know, guys like Amir Abdullah and yeah. Theo Riddick in the backfield, and of course on Matthew Stafford because the Lions for a stretch of like three or four years. I mean, Stafford was setting records every year for sure. pass attempts. Um, that has kind of come down a little yeah. bit the last few years, Absolutely. but uh, I, they still throw the ball a ton. And what happens with that rebuilt wide receiver core is going to have a lot of impact on what Matt Stafford does. Gosh, man. You know, I don't know what that means for Golden Tate. Um, I, this is an offense, though, that I, I am I'm scared of. I really am. Um, I, I haven't seen any development at the quarterback position from Matt Stafford. It seems as if defenses have pretty much caught on. 
they know what he's going to do. Uh, he hasn't really adjusted his game. Uh, he certainly has the arm talent to do whatever he wants to do. He's got unbelievable arm strength. Um, but again, you lose a guy like Calvin Johnson, who, who you know, regardless of whether or not he lost a step, guys, um, defenses had to account for him. Safeties had to account for him. They couldn't stack the box. Uh, I just, I just, out of curiosity, I was pulling up on uh, the RotoViz app. They have a game splits app. You can okay. look at what a guy did, you know, in and out of games. So it's a small sample size, but the games where Calvin Johnson didn't play that Stafford played in, Stafford's passing yards were down by about 40. His yards per attempt were down by almost a whole yard. His passing touchdowns were down. His interceptions were down a little bit too, but, I mean, yeah. it just seems like the whole kind of passing offense sunk without Well, yeah, Megatron. and, I, and I, he I, wasn't a viable fantasy starter last year anyways. No, uh, last couple of years. But I, I went back I went back the last five seasons. I probably could go back even further than that, but even just going back the last five seasons, Calvin Johnson had 38% of the targets. Woo! The next closest Woo! person – the next closest person – was Brandon Pettigrew at 15%? Oh my! Target. So I mean, everything obviously funneled through Megatron. So it's it's going to be a different world there in Detroit without him there. I mean, even with Luke, even if they did add a guy like Treadwell, I mean, rookie wide receivers generally don't do well, and and Treadwell's not a burner anyways. Um, he's not a guy I don't believe that coming into his rookie year will command the respect of defensive coordinators in terms of like you know trying to take a safety uh, over the top of the defense. He's just not that kind of guy. Um, man, I, yeah. Uh, the for me, the Detroit Lion defense without Megatron or offense rather without Megatron is on high alert. I I Treadwell would be okay there. He and Golden Tate, I think, would mirror each other's game. Uh, maybe a little bit, kind of like Crabtree right. and Cooper do. Who I'd rather see the Lions get is like Josh Dotson because he's the better athlete and he could there you go replicate some of the stuff Megatron did, like and going up be, and getting it and stretching right. the field a little more. And he'll be available. You know, should be later. We'll see. Yeah, I, I think he'll be available for, to them in the second or third round. There's so. a lot of time for these hype trains to get out of control. Oh yeah, oh starts. yeah, no doubt about it. All right, how about Ryan Fitzpatrick? He says he's going to uh, hit the open market there. Um, you know, I, I would be surprised if he doesn't resign with the Jets. I, I think it's kind of more posturing, maybe, maybe to kind of, you know, gain, gain a little leverage. Maybe quarterbacks getting paid though. Sam Bradford, Kirk Cousins. <sighs> Yeah, free agency is crazy, man. It's wild. It's free, wild. Free, right a- now. free agency is crazy because certain guys, you're like, how did that guy get that contract? FYI, Dwayne Allen, breaking news, got four years and almost thirty million dollars. Dwayne Allen had like five catches last year. That's because they always kept him in line to block because their offensive line was getting quarterbacks, you know, destroyed on a weekly basis. I mean, I, Marcus and I both on? really like Dwayne Allen. I, I was like hope- Dwayne Allen too. I was hoping he'd go elsewhere. But um, staying there, apparently he said he had a talk with Rod Chudzinski, their new offensive coordinator, that okay. encouraged him that he was going to be used more this year. So Oof. he he could be back on the fantasy sleeper radar. Back I, to- I like him. I like him a lot. But I just think, you know, four-year, $29 million, and, and, you know, uh, I think like half, more than half of it's guaranteed. Um, that's a cap killer, man. It is. I mean, you look at what they're giving Andrew Luck and what they're giving T.Y. Hilton – um, that's a cap killer to me, man. I, I just don't I don't understand that move, but that's okay. Um, congratulations to him for sure. Uh, I definitely think he would not have gotten that in the open market, but um, I tell you what, uh, congratulations. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough to figure out. Um, back to Fitzpatrick though. Yes. I hope he stays in New York because 100%. if he moves elsewhere, he, I think he falls back to the streaming category. But right now, he's a guy I might target as like a a very very late round low end quarterback one. Absolutely. Like, he's not going to win me any weeks, but he threw, like, what, 30 touchdowns last year, and he's going to have a whole other year in that offense. Chan Gailey's offense, which is the one that keeps getting him paid, and Decker and Marshall and a, a new good running back in free agency probably. Like, just stay, Ryan. Please. Stay for I all mean, of really. us. Um, I, f- I feel like a Ryan Fitzpatrick-Derek Carr combo would be would be pretty nice. Dude. Yeah. That'd yeah, be a pretty yeah. nice to go into in, into next. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ty God, two, two quarterbacks out of the NFC East. Yeah, buddy. Or AFC East, excuse me. I like it. Uh, the Broncos got a lot of different moves. I mean, we talked about Peyton Manning. Uh, the trickle-down effect was certainly um, uh, could be felt, no doubt about it. Uh, Brock Osweiler got a little bit uh, – well, I, I think there's a split in terms of, like, you know, what he got offered, how people feel about it. Some people feel like, oh, yeah, that's a fair offer. Other people are like, oh, wow, that's it. But it's like you were saying, Alex. It's like in free, uh, free agencies, things have been crazy, man. 
Things have been absolutely crazy. Well, and you know, it's interesting. Like Brock's the big, this other big, like however you want to, whatever analogy you want to use, domino, Jenga piece, whatever that they're going to need to figure out because like, so people saw him play pretty solid football, and in the NFL, playing pretty solid football at quarterback gets you paid. Yeah. And from what we've heard rumors so far is that the offer from the Broncos initially was lower than Osweiler and his camp would like, and it was only a three-year deal. So right. Be interesting to see if a team like the Texans or somebody took a swing at Osweiler. You know, one of those teams that feels like they're just a solid quarterback away. Um, because that Texans team with their defense, they got nuke if they get a running back in free agency. Right. Like that's that's interesting there. But I don't know. MG, I, I know you and I have seen Osweiler um play a lot because, you know, he played in the Pac twelve. Mm-hmm. Um I've never been impressed with Osweiler. I I wasn't impressed with him last year. I think he was okay. Um, the defense carried him a, a lot, a lot of games, and and he has a lot of pieces there, man. Like when you've got Emmanuel Sanders, when you've got Demarius Thomas, uh, I just, I just am not that impressed with him. I, I don't know. Well, um, well, he's tall. <laughs> he's tall. Yeah, I mean, look, I I understand why the Broncos are. see, and I think this is this is one of the things we, we talk about the quarterbacks and the money that they're getting, but yeah. I think I think the defining thing is average to bad teams. Give a lot of money to quarterbacks who are just okay. I agree. And I think teams that are smart, smarter teams or teams trying to turn a corner look at a quarterback and they look at his value and they look at what he has to offer in the future. Because you're paying a guy based on what he can be, not yes. on what he was. Right. And so look at Mario Williams. Right. You know, who obviously looks like he's gonna get another big deal uh with the the Miami Dolphins now. But yeah, I think I think the Broncos, I think the Jets look at a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they yep. see obviously they got a lot of good things out of him. Yep. But in terms of trying to commit to a guy down the road who is certainly on the downhill side of his career, you know they're not going to go out and give him what he wants. And maybe he does go somewhere. Maybe somebody else pr- uh, pays him that kind of money. But what are they going to get yeah, out of him long term? At the same time, you're paying for what the quarterback is now, though, as well. The Jets have a lot of pieces where, and they were a game out of being in that playoff mix and having it be pretty damn interesting. Like. They're not looking. Right. For, they're not necessarily looking for a quarterback in the future. They need somebody to win with them now. That's right. what the, that's but, what Denver did with Manning. That's why he got that stupid amount of money, and the defense dragged him dragged him to yeah, it. Yeah, but I mean, somebody <laughs> like Fitzpatrick getting fifteen to twenty million a year for the Jets could could do a lot more for them in the next three years. Of that I agree runs. with. That I agree with. I just th- I don't think like for me I look at Brock Osweiler and I see a guy who's a dime a dozen player. Like you could replace him with damn near anybody. I don't know about that. I there I think there's. I feel like there's, there's like 12 teams in the league at least right now that would love to have Brock Osweiler I feel and like we don't put know, a tape. I feel like we don't know much about Brock Osweiler. I feel like there's so little that we actually know about Brock Osweiler. You know, like he, he had those games where he started this past year when, when Peyton Manning was out. When he played better than Peyton. Okay, but that's not really <laughs> he, saying a whole saying lot. Much, bro. I'm just saying. <laughs> but in four, in four seasons, he has seven starts. And, it's not a lot. And I'll say this. The, the one thing that, that was good a good fit for Brock Osweiler and that team, he was very conservative with that football. Very conservative with the football. Like, you couldn't take, like, an Austin Davis and win games. Nope. You know what I mean? Because he, he's too much of a gunslinger. Right but, uh, but again, we'll, we'll move on. But, man, he, it, it'll if, be interesting to see. If he stays in Denver, I think that's his best fantasy potential. Because, like you said, they've got a lot of weapons. Although, yeah. we should get to one more nugget on them quick. Please. But if he goes elsewhere, I'd be a little bit – he's just a streamer. Oh, not even. I wouldn't even – I'm not even looking at him, period. There's too many other guys. I mean, unless I'm playing it – well, I do play in this crazy, stupid 16-team league, which is ridiculous. But, yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm not – yeah, I wouldn't look at him. I, I, I really wouldn't. I, with, the, with the Broncos, maybe. But what maybe. hurts is the Broncos are hitting C.J. Anderson with his original round tender. I know. Because he's a restricted fee agent, so that means they get the like the first offer. They can put the, the right. tender on him. Yeah. Depending on how high it is, he can sign that, or another team has to like. How does it work? They give up a a draft pick, a draft pick to right. get him, and they hit C.J. Anderson with his original round tender, which was very low, and super C- low. C.J. Anderson on Twitter was like, "Oh wow, that's not nice," and yeah. uh, it sounds like he could get some interest, which is unfortunate because he was far and away the better running back in that offense last year than Ronnie Hillman, also uh, a free I think, agent. Yeah, he's a. Fr- I think Ronnie Hillman will be gone, but man, it's it's. I don't know Hillman's Hillman's Kubiak's boy. Yeah, that, that's true. That's yeah, it's interesting though because um, C.J. Anderson is a restricted free agent at exactly the wrong time. Very smart, savvy GM move by the Broncos, I do believe, because mm-hmm. the the market right now is flooded with a lot of very good running backs, and um, and I and I like C.J. It's just he's a clear tear down from the guys that are available right now, 
And then as we've looked at, you know, in terms of the salary cap, it's like, look. Is, but is, is, he? Is, he is, he no. is he, though? Is he? Is he, though? You've got Doug Martin, Lamar Miller. who's got injury concerns. Lamar Miller, okay. who, well, like, we all clamor for him to get more touches, but sure. there might be more to the story than we know about Chris why he's not. Chris Ivory. Chris yeah. Ivory has injuries. <laughs> How about Matt Arian, Forte? How about Arian Matt Foster's injuries? <laughs> Matt Forte is, like, the safest of the bunch, but he's over 30. Okay, that's fine. And but he's probably got the most touches out of – I think he's the most touches out of all of them. 100%. So, like, I wouldn't say C.J. Anderson's a clear step down. Oh, you're saying C.J. Anderson's not the second tier below those guys? No, I think he's I think he's on par with I those mean, guys. I mean, he might be at the wow, bottom really? of that list, but he's in that tier. I don't think it's a tier difference. Oh, man. I, the second I, tier is, like, the Ronnie Hillman, Bilal Powell, James Starks that are available in free agency. Oh, that's even – Poor Alfred Morris has just lost some <laughs> I know, where's, where's Alfred Morris? Alfred Morris is like, well, I can't even – get respect on fantasy live sorry no, no. i love you all from i know me too uh no i mean that, that there's another guy that i think i would rather have over cj anderson no no way no no oh boy yeah he does have stone hands so he's a little bit of a, a <laughs> guy but boy man that, I'm, it's it's interesting to hear you guys and i'm the cow guy i know and i'm the cow. i know i'm a little the interested matter to hear with you. that i don't know what's wrong with me um do we have any other headlines here yeah well How about rg3 rg3 I do like that the fact the fact that you actually wrote him down as RG two because really, he hasn't played well enough to be RG. So he lost he lost the he lost a number. <laughs> he lost the generation. <laughs> it's like a power bar in a video yeah, game. Exactly. Like he's, he's knocked oh, down yeah, a little yeah, bit. Exactly. Got to got to level I up again. Like I don't know where he's going to end up. I know the Texans have talked about, or there's been rumors that the Texans LA might be interested Rams. in Rams. L. Rams. <laughs> L. Come on, come on. I mean, one, there's the uh, irony of the fact that the Rams, you know, mortgaged the farm. Right. To, you know. Right. And, and ended up not getting, you know, whatever. You know the whole story. Yes. But also because Hollywood loves a comeback story. Uh, Why not bring him out to L.A. with the, you know, the franchise returns home. Robert Griffin III trying to rebuild his career does it in the law in, in, you know, the well, starts in the Coliseum, moves over to the new stadium in Inglewood. I LA, think LA loves a comeback. I think there's been speculation too that RG3 could be, you know, uh, connected to possibly replacing Colin Kaepernick if Colin Kaepernick really feels that strongly about moving on. RG3 is such an interesting figure to watch in the fantasy community right now because everybody remembers how fantastic he was that He started, season. yeah. He started his first six like, games. Were unbelievable. His, his whole rookie season was phenomenal. Well, he fell, he fell off on the tail end. But, when he busted up his knee, yeah. but like. I mean, that there's that season, but the last time we actually saw him on NFL field, he was a broken quarterback. Yeah. Like, he couldn't read the defense. He was skittish in the pocket. He couldn't they couldn't even, like, run. I think, yeah, I, I just think, like, you know, uh, I've been I've been asking uh, some of the guys around here, um, former players, how do you come back mentally? How do you – because that's what it is for him. I mean, I know a lot of – I know a lot of fans look at these guys as video game guys. Right? Oh, you got the tools. You got the physical attributes. What you, you should be able to do it. It's not. It's not. It's not that simple, man. You you got to put it together mentally. You got to be healthy mentally. You got to be comfortable. Quarter, you got to be confident. Quarterback's the most mental position out there. So most cerebral. Right. So I don't know. That's why a fresh start will help. I mean, we're, you know, we're not obviously advocating going and picking him up. No. Like it's he's something somebody to watch. Could I don't know where he's going to go. Wherever if he goes, ends up in Houston. That's it's the most interesting because of Nuke. Um, everywhere else, not terribly interesting at all, especially if he ends up with the Niners. Forget it. Mm-hmm. Don't want that. Uh, if he ends up... What? You don't want to throw into Jerome Simpson and <laughs> Patton? Bruce Ellington? Oh, like, come oh, on. <laughs> oh, man. That is a rough bunch. All right, let's talk uh, about wait, free... Yes, one, one, more, one more news note. Please. It, it obviously has... The deal hasn't been signed yet because it's just a legal tampering period, but Benjamin Watson, after a career year, uh, a career renaissance with the Saints, is yeah. very likely signing with... The Ravens, okay, which is interesting. Because it is. They've got a million tight ends. They have. On their they have Max Williams. Uh, took in the second round. Last Your boy year. Crockett Gilmore. Crockett Gilmore, who has had multiple surger- surgeries on his shoulders. This, or I think he's had one on each this offseason so far. So that could be why they went and got Watson as like a stopgap until one of those two actually fully develops. That's interesting. They had what Nick Boyle, but he just got slapped with an eight-game suspension or whatever right. for for PEDs. Dennis Pitta has one quarter of a hip remaining. Poor Dennis Pitta, but. Uh, Oh, that's uh, that's the Ravens on the phone. <laughs> that's the Ravens on the phone right there, talking about to talk about uh, their tight end. I mean, you know, they got they still have Ozzie Newsome there too. Case, <laughs> he could suit up and play in case they really are hurt. Is for that a tight is end. that is that why they keep making moves for tight ends? Is it, are we seeing a, a trend here? <laughs> Probably. And is I don't that know, what I, this is? A I trend? think we just got crank called in the podcast studio. Awesome. Seeing anybody on the line. So sweet. I do like it. 
All right, let's talk about free agency. Unless you wanted to continue talking about No, I just think Ben Ben Watson might be somebody to to think about in the late late rounds. He okay. he played very well and then in the same in the New Orleans that's uh Michael Huamanawinui. No, 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 no. You're you're forgetting one of the Josh Hill. Marcus, I was trying to lead it in. It's one of the one of the big off-season sleepers last year that just got buried. R.I.P. to Josh Hill and all the hype that was surrounding <laughs> oh, him. He was going to slide that. right into Jimmy Graham's spot. Exactly. That's right. Be that That's dude. right. I forgot. Get about excited that. for Josh Hill hype pieces coming no. to you, coming to you this summer. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I will not buy into that uh, at all. Um, all right, let's talk about free agency landing spots, and these are basically. Ideal situations, so right? So these were my ideal situations, okay. yeah. And that's why I'm going to feel free for you guys to counterpoint them, and we can have a good discussion here. Sure. But with free agency set to start tomorrow, looked at this big at the, the top top end guys that are out there, the Doug Martins, Lamar Millers, Antonio Gateses. And uh, should we, we want to go one by one, or should I run through the whole list? Well, let's go, let's one, go, by one. One. Let's go one, one by one. Let's go one by one. All right, so Which, first up. By the way, before you start, um, just warning everybody out there on Twitter – Beware! This is the this is a time of year when fake accounts run rampant, rampant, rampant. And I say that because uh, I just saw a friend of mine quote tweeted. He quote tweeted as a joke. He obviously was in on it. But uh, Rap Schecht uh, tweeted that the Raiders had signed Doug Martin to a five-year, thirty-eight million dollar deal. Beautiful. So just be aware. Check the at handle. Check the at handle. Don't, don't look at the regular before, name. <laughs> before you start getting you know angry or excited and retweeting and stuff like that. So, uh, all right, there man, you go. Continue. I, yeah, somebody tried to fool me on Twitter, too. It's funny. It's like, oh, hey, now that Matt Forte is with Green Bay, where should we draft him? I'm like, <laughs> come on, bro. Come on. Uh, all right, so first off, Doug Martin. I think we agree the, the biggest fantasy free agent currently. I thought his dream free agent of the Atlantic spot is to just stay in Tampa Bay. I think and as, I'd be surprised if he doesn't. I mean, there's a lot of interest and he wants a lot of money, but from all the things like, you know, this was a guy that whose fantasy career looked like he was on the brink. Yeah. Dirk Cutter, offensive coordinator last year, now the head coach, came in and pounded the table for him, gave him, I think it was around 74% of the backfield carries, which was the fifth most of any backfield in the league for like one player. And he's got, there's a good young nucleus around him. Like oh, in yeah. offensive consistency, there's always something to be appreciated with that. So I just thought for everything for Doug Martin, he should stay there. What say you guys? I think he knows his role there too. I know Charles Sims will eat into his third down uh, production, but I mean, overall, I thought they used him well. I thought they used him in smart situations um, and, and they, and they gave him work, you know, uh, sometimes he wasn't necessarily, is he a superstar? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say he's a superstar, no. but he's a, a very capable back. I agree. And I, and I do agree that, his best landing spot would be back in Tampa. Now, let's keep in mind, though, because like last year, you know, I was driving the Doug Martin hype train. I always believed, but I also believed that he was going to be maybe a high-end, at best, RB2. He was not going to be an RB1. Now, he ended up kind of putting yeah. RB1 numbers because of attrition, because yeah, everybody yeah. else went away. Right. So I would say... Yes, I like Doug Martin again this year. But, again, I like him as a second running back for your fantasy there roster. You go. Don't go drafting him in the first two or three rounds there you go. thinking that he's going to be a guy you can start week in and week out because he's just not going to be. Still a pretty young man. He's entering his prime, 27 years old. Um, again, you mentioned that young nucleus with Jameis Winston and Mike, Mike Evans. and Austin Sferian Jenkins. Yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do. with. Vin- Have they said what they're going to do with Vincent Jackson? I think they're going to try and keep him again. Yeah, they might try to keep. I mean, he might sign and get a one. some get some youth around them. Yeah. Yeah, or you know, or Vince might try to you know restructure his deal or something. I don't know, but it, normally I would think he's going to be a cut because he makes way too much money and none of it is is dead money. But just with their cap situation, they have a crazy amount of cap space. Crazy amount of cap space. So, yeah, I mean, this is this is where reality meets fantasy, right? Because they have a lot of space, a lot of cap space. Uh, they have a clear role for him. They have a clear need for him. I'd be surprised if he left. I really would. And I, and I know everyone wants to clamor to try to see him in a, in a Dallas uniform or whatever it might be. They can't afford him, man. Every free agent running back out there, people are attaching to Dallas. Yes, I agree. All right, well, who's All right. next? Speaking of, uh, well, speaking of attaching people to Dallas, uh, Lamar Miller, I think there's ways Dallas could wiggle around it. Their cap situation right now is not great. No. But I think of all the backs, he would be the best one that would be served to go to Dallas, where I know Darren McFadden played well last year, and they've still got him on the cheap, yep. but that offense was at its best in 2014 when they had DeMarco Murray as both between the tackles workhorse 
and dynamic player out of the backfield as well, and that's exactly what Lamar Miller is. We saw him, when he got the requisite touches last year, just tear defenses apart. Like, that game against Houston was just a clinic. And, like, he broke... And that was in the first half. He broke ankles. He, you know, he 200 ran, plus he yards ran in the first power. half. Ridiculous. Yeah, he's, he was fantastic. So, that, and again, this is, this is why this was a dream scenarios piece. This wasn't as steeped in reality as your, your, your salary cap piece, James. But I, in a perfect world, I would like the Marmiller go to Dallas. What say you two? I think you're right. I mean, the salary cap is crazy. Uh, it's so it, it's almost impossible to figure out uh, because you could restructure your deal in, in all kinds of different ways. They, I think the Cowboys, right as of this second, and again, they haven't done any official signings yet. Um, I think they have less than ten million in, in cap space, which is not great. I think I do believe Lamar Miller will command around that seven million per year mark. I think that's what he's looking for. Um, I, I just think, given his age, what is he? Twenty five years old. He's, uh, He's 24 right He might now. still be 24, yeah. He's 24. Given his age and given his limited workload over the past few years, I think I think $7 million per sounds about right for him. Um, so, yeah, can Dallas make it work? Yeah, of course, absolutely. Absolutely. But would you like to see him go anywhere else, or do you think Dallas is best? I li- you know what, man? I really liked him in Tennessee. I really did, so that he, because he's so young, he could grow uh, with with Marcus Mariota. But um, I wouldn't mind seeing him in Dallas Cowboys uniform. And you know, I tell you what, I wouldn't mind seeing him in a Houston uniform either. There you go. See, that's where I was thinking is, is a Houston Texan. I know the Texans are, are really uh, hot after him right now. Um, you know, I mean, they they've got obviously Nuke Hopkins who really has erased the fact that they haven't had great consistent quarterback play over the last couple of years. And so you put a running back there. I mean, they were. A much better offense. I mean, it, it goes without saying. When Arian Foster was healthy and right. playing well, because he's so good, and because you really do have to dedicate a lot more resources to him. And I'm not saying Lamar Miller is Arian Foster, but he could be a nice guy to fill in and kind of settle that running back position. I mean, when they went through Alfred Blue and Jonathan Grimes and Chris Ugh, Polk, yikes. Bang Bang Chicken and Shrimp, um, <laughs> they went through that whole litany of running backs and really didn't get any kind of production out of them. I think having Lamar Miller there kind of settles that down. I agree. You've got Hopkins on the outside, and then whoever you decide at quarterback, as long as that person is competent, um, I think that changes a lot of things in that. Offense. Man, I tell you yeah. what, if RG three ends up out there, RG three, New Hopkins, Lamar Miller, it's pretty good triplets. It's a, it's hey, listen, good. I don't know if it's going to be effective at all, but I tell you this: in the pre, there's going to be some intrigue. That's an upside. That's an upside play for James. I, I wouldn't mind Lamar Miller in Houston as well because there were a lot of periods where they still tried to make Alfred Blue the feature back, and when Foster was healthy, they gave him all of the touches. Right. So Lamar wants to be a featured back. Their offense works better when it has one. That marriage makes a lot of sense too. All right, next on the list. My boy, Chris Ivory. Just, Your boy. Just a guy to, to James. Just a guy. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, just I thought the perfect situation for him <laughs> would be to go to New England. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I think though, that, that there should be no other choices. Like, that's it. Like, like there's if, no more perfect situation. If we're talking dream scenarios, the Patriots just made LeGarrette Blunt fantasy relevant on minimal touches that's as right. an early down between the tackles hammer. That's right. Ivory's, like... Not quite as powerful as Blunt, but he's a very powerful fast back who would do well to have his touches reduced because he's a fantastic player but keeps getting dinged up. That's right. They wouldn't need any pressure on him in the passing game because Deion Lewis could still come in for that, and I think it would be good enough for both him, for Ivory and Lewis, to thrive as like R- RB2. Th- not Maybe not thrive, but, okay. but put up solid numbers as like R- RB2, RB3. It's so interesting. Like that, That's why I find this one to be interesting. You love Chris Ivory, and my God – you guys love Deion Lewis. Yes. I love Deion. Of I course. Love How do you right. not? So, so what I find interesting is that if Chris Ivory goes to the Patriots, doesn't it kill the value for both guys? No, yeah. not really, because Chris Ivory really was only – they tried to make him a three-down back with the Jets, but he really wasn't. He okay. was he's more effective as a two-down back, and then they would bring in, like, Bilal Powell or somebody yeah. else to try to, to clean up. And so I, I just feel like – LeGarrette Blunt probably moves on in New England, and the the perfect replacement for him is I mean it really is it would be like if James Bond went from Sean Connery to Daniel Craig like that's how it should have gone. <laughs> right. Skip all those guys. Uh, in the well, I like Pierce Brosnan. No, Pierce Brosnan was fun. okay. Hey, Roger Moore had some good ones as well. But back. But anyways, what I what I think that why I think this would work out and keep them both effective is. Ivory early in the season was impressive, busting off long runs, breaking tackles. When injuries and all the carries wore him down when they tried to make him a featured back, he was just not the same player no. the last month of the season. That's when Bilal Powell flat out outplayed him. Right. So you take away some of those carries and catches earlier in the season, keep him explosive throughout the whole year, I think it could be a good fantasy mix. Interesting. All right. 
Um, I don't know where else. I don't know. I don't have him anywhere else really. Other than staying maybe with the Jets. Yeah, and, and trying that again because yeah. he did well in that system. So you know, it's interesting. We mentioned the Patriots and the Jets. Uh, I, I could see the Garrett Blunt going to the Jets actually. <laughs> um, it, it, again, I, you know, I think he's a low cost option for them. Um, you talk about having a ham. It's a, it's already a very veteran team, right? So like, this is a team that really needs to win now. They really do. Uh, Legarrette Blunt, they're they, they're not going to have to lock up long term money in Legarrette Blunt. We're talking about the Jets, and to me, it's, he seems like a pretty good fit. Great defense. I love the coach there in Todd Bowles. Um, their passing attack obviously is going to be occupying a lot of safeties. It leaves a lot of running lanes open for guys like Legarrette Blunt to kind of salt away leads if they can get there. Um, and I, and I really like that fit, but uh, but we shall see. All right. Next up, the one next of the other guy. big names. Oh my God, Matt Forte. Everyone loves talking about Matt. Forte. Everybody loves. I mean, he's been a phenomenal player for the last you know eight nine years or yeah. whatever uh for me i thought it would be make a lot of sense in a dream scenario for him to go to new york okay pair back up with brandon marshall hopefully they keep brian fitzpatrick oh, that's right there so you now go. you've got you've got two great receiving threats and then basically forte would give them everything they had in ivory and Bilal powell combined they can just they can just get a nice guy in the draft to develop spell forte when he needs to be but he would be the true featured back there, make a run at the playoffs again with that team, and I think uh, he could just be stellar in fantasy. The Jets have n- almost no cap space, but they freed, that, they freed up some. They recently, did free, actually. but that's what I'm saying. They did free up enough. What do you guys think it'll take to sign Matt Forte? Not like a, a two year deal for twelve million? Maybe, probably less. Ooh. I don't, I don't know. He's he's over thirty, and he's he's chasing a ring, so he wants to go to a team that has a chance. But that's what I'm saying. Do you think the Jets are close? They were, you know, a bad fourth quarter from Ryan Fitzpatrick away from being in the playoffs last year and making some noise. Marcus? Um, I do like the Jets. I mean, now we're talking dream, like, fantasy. Sure, fits. why not? Because I, I would say the Texans are another one for him, too, because I feel like he's the next he's the next closest back out there to Arian Foster. Not close to a championship. I but I mean, that's the thing. Like, I'm not, we're not talking about what Matt Forte wants. <laughs> we're talking, we're talking about, about what Marcus wants. <laughs> right, and which is – that's why I said right? the Jets, too. Right, we're talking about what Marcus wants. And so Marcus would like to see Matt Forte. Oh, that's great. In Houston, because I think that's a great fantasy thing. Okay. Now, I understand. I get it. Like, okay. for, the, for him going yes, to the yes. Jets, they're certainly closer to a championship than the Texans are. Whatever. I mean, but, what, uh, what Matt Forte wants is, like, Green Bay, New England, or Seattle. Right. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I know the Packers are, are making it, which I know yeah. would make Alex very happy. Oh, yeah. I would be okay uh, with that. It'd make James happy, too. James James hyped up the Forte to Green Bay thing. And I love it. Cat piece. I do love it. I do love it, indeed. I, I mean, it's, we've been talking about Matt Forte possibly to, to Green Bay, um, and I know, Alex, you, you broached this subject first, I, and, and then when I started doing a little bit more digging, I'm like, you know what, man? It makes a lot of sense. They have the cap space, certainly. We're talking about the Packers to make it happen. Um and, you know, you talk about if Matt Forte really wants to stick it to the Bears, that'd be a great way to do it. Um, I think I think the Packers could legitimately offer him a two-year deal around $12, 15000000 bucks. bucks, uh, most of it maybe $10 million guaranteed or something. And, yeah, sure, why I would, it would, I would it guess would he, impact their cap at all. I would guess he gets more in the three to four range if he signs to the team like the Packers. That might be true. They, I'm just saying they've got the space if they wanted to get it done. I, I would I would love it for a football perspective because he's a phenomenal football player That's and I right. think he'd be a great add to the Packers. It would be frustrating from a fantasy perspective because what the hell happens to the Eddie Lacy Renaissance then and how do they divvy up those touches and like are we stuck guessing if it's a Lacy week or a Forte week every right. every time? That's like, why that becomes a total headache. It makes the Packers offense much scarier, but at the same time from fantasy you're like Right. Which is so why, I'm not worried about that. Which is why we're talking about what Marcus wants. We don't want Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, we don't want Green Bay. We don't, want, we don't Green Bay. want New England. I don't look I don't I wouldn't mind Matt Forte with Green Bay. Like I know that, you know, I know that Eddie Lacey burned uh a lot of fantasy owners last year. I, again, I just think maybe they just say, you know what, man, let's drive his free agency price down. We're not going to give him the touches, man. Let's just give it to Forte, wear him into the dirt. Let's go for the championship right now, today, uh, and let's just go for it. Yeah, there could be a 50-50 split, which even you know would, would lower Lacey's value and be great for the team. But sure, fantasy-wise, th- that would anger a lot of people. I, I, I'm not saying either. If, if Forte goes to the Packers, I'm not saying either guy's a first-round pick, clearly. God, no. But um, would I take either one of those guys in the third, fourth? Hundred percent, absolutely. I'll do it. I'll do it all day. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd love that fit there. Uh, let's see if we can make it happen. Uh, well, speaking of the Packers, this is a good transition into the next player on my list that was a dream landing spot. Okay, 
Ladarius Green. Love it. Long behind Antonio Gates in San Diego. Yep. Earlier this year, when he had, or last year, at the beginning of last season, when Gates was on his suspension for PEDs, uh, Green proved that he could be a number one tight end, and he's dynamic. The Packers have desperate need for speed at the tight end position since they lost to Michael Finley. Right. We love Rich Raj. You know, he's, sure. a, he's your Cal guy. He oh, yeah. came up with that amazing Hail Mary. The man does not have any jets. <laughs> they keep trying to run him on out routes and have him turn the corner and break a tackle. And <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere. Like, he can't. He couldn't they, wa- they want him to be like Jordan Reed, and he's just not. Yeah, he's not. But <laughs> Ladarius Green could be, and he would be a dynamic piece to that passing oh offense. He's so a then, burner. Then you get Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Laddie Green, and Uh-oh. Janice Aberderis, Adams, Uh-oh. Ty Montgomery, whoever Uh-oh. wins that. Now, now we're cooking. You know, you're cooking with gas there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I don't think there's any debate there. I really feel like I really feel like between you know between you and Co. Like you're turning them into like FC Barcelona. You're putting you're getting, like Darius Green. <laughs> you get Matt Forte, Messi, you know, like Neymar. Like, everybody, come on down. Like, come on down. You know? We'll score all the points. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, likewise, Gates, San Diego. Why break up a good there's thing? No, there's no other He and Rivers right have the most touchdown passes no. between any quarterback pass-catching duo, and I think like, it's going to happen. So, like, I don't, be... You think so? Because I think if the Chargers do the right thing, if they do the smart thing, I think they say, look, Gates, we love you, but we got to let you go. I mean, they, that's what they did to Ladanian. Ladanian Tomlinson. Yeah, but, I mean, that was a different regime there. You know what I mean? Was it? It's the same guys. I don't know. I feel like it was a different time. Like, I just – I can't – I think not... it was a different regi- regime. I, that no, it's in, the it's – No, the, it happened in 2010. It, it's the same GM, man. It's – it's uh, what the heck is that guy's name? That's Tom Telesco, was it? No, you're right. It wasn't Tom Telesco. No. No, no it's a different no. regime. Like, I, I honestly couldn't imagine seeing Antonio Gates in a different uniform. I mean, could you? No, him no, not, not at all. Not in a Chargers uniform. I just can't. I can't envision. But, but I, I would think that if he doesn't get signed by the Chargers, I think he walks away. That's what that would be. My he's either he's either Chargers or retirement. Right. I don't exactly. Think, I don't think he goes. I don't know. Right he somewhere. might chase a ring. He's been talking about retiring, man, for a couple years now. Um, I don't know. I, I'd be interested to see what happens. But hopefully, there. he stays there for fantasy and everything. Like that'd just be better. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, all right. He's one of my favorite players for sure. Let's uh, speaking of James's favorite players, let's go to a Cal guy, Marvin yeah, Jones. Go. I thought it'd be perfect for him in New York. Okay. I don't I like think I don't think he's got what it takes to be relied upon as a number one. No. But he is a dynamite number two. And if you pair him with a guy like Odell, oh my gosh, whew. oh my gosh, whew. get excited, New York! I like it. Get excited, you know. And uh, and you know where this jibes really is 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 the fact that you know New York has uh, reportedly asked Victor Tr- Cruz to either restructure his contract and take a huge salary cut, um, and Cruz kind of balking at that. Um, man, uh, that's interesting. That is interesting. Like they could legitimately cut Cruz. They legitimately could. Um, it would save Guys, a, a little like, bit of dough. But that, the injury he had, the torn patella tendon, is one that like does. It's not an ACL. Oh, it does no. not have the history of right. guys bouncing back nope. and being anywhere close to the same. Player, That's right. Which is sad because Cruz is awesome. But yep, I agree. Uh, but man, yeah, I, I agree with you. Marvin Jones next to Odell Beckham. Oh golly, uh, that's interesting. That would be an interesting fit there for him. No question about it. I love it. I hope it happens. I do hope it happens. That would be wonderful, Marcus. Uh, no, I, I, I think it's, I'm trying to think. I, my tendency is to put him in Houston. You guys are putting everybody in Green Bay. I'm putting everybody H Town representing and basically have him play alongside DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> that could be that could be another fine one. Put that a one-two. Make that a one-two punch. Though. The the one thing, the one other place that I would say that that has a chance um, and that could have legs. We've heard nothing yet, but uh, but free agency still hasn't officially begun yet. San Diego. He's got a his. First of all, he's from LA. Um, it's just a hop, skip, and a jump, obviously, to San Diego. He'll be back in Cal colors again. He'd be back in Cal colors, would be wonderful. Uh, and speaking of Cal, he he would reunite with the former teammate there, Keenan Allen, uh, that he has some history with. Um, and, and I think you know it's not really a, a step down for him in terms of quarterback play going from Cincinnati uh, to Philip Rivers. I I really don't think so. So it's I think that's an interesting fit to me. Uh, for Marvin Jones as well. Let's Wait not let's not rule out him staying in Cincinnati. They want oh, to sure. keep him, but okay. that would be worse for his fantasy value. What's can that, I can I can I create a fake narrative here about Please? Sure. Okay. Please. Just looking at his Wikipedia page. I love narratives. Let's go. Marvin Jones's middle name okay. is Lewis. Oh. So why not keep Marvin Lewis, Lewis. Jones <laughs> uh-huh. with Marvin Lewis in Cincinnati? I there like it. Marvin Lewis Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Marvin That's right. Lewis. All right. That's right. I like it. I like uh, it. All right, let's speed through the last couple here on the list. Uh Travis Benjamin 
Uh, I've seen a lot of people. Matt Harmon was watching more of him yeah. uh, at the apartment, and I saw some other guys checking out his tape. He's he's offering a lot. He's actually a pretty good route runner, um, and he's a burner, as we know. I would love to see him head down south and pair with Julio Jones. They need him. Because that, that offense was hurting for speed last year. Yeah. Roddy White was a shell of his former self. You know, great player, but near in the end. Jacob Tammy's slow. Like, Devonta Freeman's great, but he's not burning anybody out of the backfield. It's basically just Julio Jones. Right. So you get a speed complement on the outside that can also run some intermediate and underneath routes. And there we go. That's exactly what Matt Ryan and it And it plays to, you mentioned, it plays to Matt Ryan's strengths. He likes going downfield. Uh, I know that the whole offense wanted to be a little shorter. And they wanted to get you know Julio Jones involved from all kinds of different, and that's great. Mm-hmm. But Matt, but man, I'm telling you, Matt Ryan likes to go downfield, and he's yeah. got a beautiful deep ball. Um, why not utilize that a little bit more? Or if Julio's taking coverages deep, you're hitting a speedy guy like Travis Benjamin over the middle on Absolutely. some crosses and slants and letting him do work after the catch. I agree. Now we're talking. I like it. I love that fit. I absolutely love that. Fit. Marcus, you want him in Houston too? Uh, no, I think, uh, I think I think I think Atlanta's probably a better fit for uh, for Travis Benjamin. All right, uh, Foster. This my fit is. I'm gonna have to change the article now since last night's news. But I was right. trying to think of where we could slot him as a you know end of career guy with his talents running sure. the football and out of the backfield. And I thought Tennessee would make a lot of sense because he's he could be the featured back there. But they went and got Demarco Murray. So I guess now if I was picking a place for. Him. How about the Colts? Oakland? Ooh, Colts aren't bad too. How about the Colts? The Colts, I think, are a better fit than Oakland right now. <clears throat> I think uh, I Oakland think... has admitted to wanting another running back outside of Latavius, Latavius Murray. They ran him a lot, by the way. Latavius Murray, he mm-hmm. does need a little. Um, I, he's a freak athlete. He, was, he actually, I think, led the league in percentage of backfield carries. But uh, and they gave it. Oh man, he, they gave it to him a lot. And uh, and I, I was surprised. He actually didn't show a lot of explosiveness last year. No, and I think that's what they were worried about is that he might not have had the vision or the nuance and things like that. And then the, catching passes out of the backfield was a mess for them. It was right. one day it was Halu, one day it was Olawale, one day it was Marcel Reese, like. A back like a back like Foster could make was Orleans Darkwall on that backfield? Dar- no, 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 that's a, that's the Giants. That was the Giants. Jamie's ah. Olawale is the one. Um, I got one for you though. Okay, if Lamar Miller moves on, what about Miami? Oh, that could be fun. Have him slide in and you know, kind of add a little more veteran presence. But yeah, you know, I mean, I know Tannehill's not necessarily a youngster anymore. But I mean, you put him there, help out Ryan Tannehill a little bit. You got uh, sure would be a wet blanket on the Jay Ajayi hype train though. Yeah, it would. <laughs> yeah, it would. Eh, whatever. Um. I'll be interested to see how much uh, space they have Miami after they if if they actually if the reports are true that they're going to be signing Mario Williams. Sounds like they are from what I'm seeing on Twitter and in our email accounts here. There you go. Um, and and uh, one one more one more particular option uh, because Arian Foster obviously you know he's over 30 he's had injuries maybe not a guy who can be a workhorse back. What about pairing him up with uh, Melvin Gordon? He comes back home to San Diego. Oh, my gosh. Pair him up with Melvin ding, Gordon ding, down ding. there. Ring that bell. And you help out uh, that ground game there. No, that ground game already has the greatest player that has ever <laughs> worn, worn the powder blue, and that's Danny Woodhead. <laughs> my bad. I forgot about that. Come on, Marcus. <laughs> oh, I did forget. Oh, right, All right. Right, right. One more guy to get through here before yes, we move please. on. Okay. Uh, and this one was, I had said in the article, this was one of the hardest ones for me to pit, figure out a spot for, is our dear friend Freddie Moe. Yeah. Because. He's kind of Alfred Moore. He's kind of a little bit limited, you know. He's he, like you said, he's got kind of got bricks for hands. Yep. Um, he's a talented runner, but he didn't show a lot last year. And his carries, yardage, and yards per carry have dipped every year he's been in the NFL. But I thought he could potentially be a nice stopgap in Indianapolis for them. Get him for cheap. Frank Gore was a beast last year. Um, battled through a lot of injuries, but could use some help. Uh, with Chud there, they might want to go to a little bit more of the power running game, yeah. like he's done in the past. Just feed Alfred Morris the rock between the tackles and get somebody to catch passes out of the backfield. I like it. He's 27 years old. Um, you know, I think his. Uh, I think if they gave him more of a featured role, I think he'd respond. I, I think. I, I mean, you look at that offense. Certainly, at least on paper, if everybody stays healthy, it, it looks explosive. There's no reason what not to think. They've been trying to. Man, it's amazing. They've been trying to manufacture the run game there in Indianapolis for years now. Um, the only reason I don't think it's a great fit is because right now it seems like to me they need a guy who can make plays on third down, and that's not Alfred. Moore. No, it's not. That's why I said it was a hard one to figure because he do, he lacks that ability there. So they would probably need a guy that's a more complete back, maybe like an Arian Foster. But the reason I wrote Arian Foster there was because because of that skill set. Uh, I think him in, in uh, with 
Frank Gore, they can help each other out. You know what I mean? Help, hopefully help each other stay healthy. Right, exactly, and, and try to be a little bit more effective. And, and, and again, I, you, you got to love the revenge game narrative too, right? Mm-hmm. Like twice a, twice, a, twice a year he's going to be going up against the Texans. You're telling me you don't want a piece of that action? Could be. <laughs> I'd love, I love the revenge games. I would games. love that. But yeah, Freddie Moe's a tough one to figure. So yeah, we'll it is. Well. I don't know where he'd go, man. What about the? I mean, since we're moving pieces around, Chris okay. Ivory leaves New York, and uh, Albert Ooh. Morris slides in there with the Jets, and they keep Bilal Powell to play. Keep Bilal Powell, yeah, yeah. man. I just want backfield. That's I not wanna, bad. I want him to go somewhere where they will, you know, give him the rock on the goal line. Yes, that's all <laughs> I want. That's all I want for him. That's not bad. That's been on Alfred Morris's Christmas list for four straight years. That he hasn't gotten it. <laughs> I like that one. It's that's It is his Red Rider BB gun. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, all right, so all right. We, we wrote a lot, by the way, yes. about free agents and, and free agents. And we'll write a lot more as yes. it uh, kicks in the gear. Uh, so be sure to check out the website, NFL.com slash fantasy, to get all of those articles. Uh, Find them in the app. Keep the app downloaded. There you Follow go. us on Twitter, blah, blah, blah. It's all good. It's daily dap time. All right, let's do it. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the day. Daps and hook. Give me daps because I be scribbling right. Give me daps and daps all right, daily dap time, uh, Marcus Grant. Should we start with you, my friend? Sure. Um, I want a daily dap. Well, first, I guess a, a quick story. Yes. Uh, on Saturday, uh, sitting out in the front yard, of my girlfriend's house, and okay. uh, I look up and I see, no joke, a giant cloud of bees coming toward me. And that is not cool. Not cool at all. So all I right. take the dog. I run inside. Within minutes, the bees have taken over the front yard. They are what? dominating. Is that right? They are absolutely all over the place. I mean, just clouds of bees. What? So we're thinking, okay, well, maybe they're just going to move on. They're just going to yeah. keep going down the street. Nope, no, they don't. They, they like your to, house. They start to kind of pool underneath a hedge in what? the front yard, and they start, like, they swarm and just, like, glom on to, like, a branch on this hedge. Oh, that's awful. And they're, like, building a colony. And so we're like, this can't, this cannot stand. This aggression cannot stand, man. <laughs> um, so we figure out, okay, what are we going to do? So first we tried to turn the sprinklers on the bees. Okay. Figuring, like, we'll make it inhospitable for them. Sure. Uh, no, they just got clean. Okay. Um, you gave them a shower. They pretty much just gave them a bath. <laughs> uh, so then we were like, okay, what are we going to do? Like, we don't want, I don't want to kill the bees because I don't know if you know, there's a bee shortage out there. Absolutely. Right. Colony collapse is a thing, man. So, like, I don't want to kill the bees. So we start, we go to the website, and this is really a thing, for the okay. Los Angeles County Beekeepers Association. Oh, yes. Here we go. Uh, so we start going through lists of, like, beekeepers and honey farms and calling to see if there's anybody who can come get the bees. So, like, we call a few people. After a couple of hours... Uh, my girlfriend gets a call back yeah. from uh, a guy named Russell who asks her a few questions okay. about the bees in our yes. front yard. And uh, within an hour, he shows up. He and his girlfriend Amy show up. Okay. Uh, and the whole operation takes like half an hour. He takes the bees away. How does he take the bees away? So I was fascinated by this. I watched the whole Absolutely. thing. Uh, so they spray them with sugar water. Which sugar kind of, water. like keeps them occupied. I guess okay. they're like, you know, chowing down on sugar water. Yeah. And he has a box. It's, you know, it's like a little bit bigger than a shoe box. Um... And he take literally he takes a giant brush like you would use to put wallpaper on a wall, and he brushes them off the branch into the box. And once the and the whole point is to get the queen in the box because once the queen gets in the box, all the rest of the bees just follow. And so like all the bees go in, he puts a lid on the box, he duct tapes the whole thing up, they put it in their trunk, and they drive away. They apparently have a hive uh, in Silver Lake. They live in Silver Lake. They have bees there. That's um, amazing. But the whole thing was fascinating. It was. Amazing to watch, and like you know, the bees were actually very calm and docile the whole time. I stood about ten feet away; nothing happened. But uh, daily daps to Russell and Amy <laughs> for taking my bees away. Uh, we stayed in touch. You know, they said if there's any honey, they produce honey. Then like you know, they'll certainly give us some honey. Oh yeah, um, yeah, totally. Okay. So like that, like daps to beekeepers because yeah, like, man, the whole thing's fascinating. I thought about it for a second. Like, hey, wouldn't it be fun if we had? And my nope. girlfriend's like, nope, absolutely, nope, no, it would no, not no, be fun no, at no. all. So, but uh, props, daily daps to Russell and Amy because that was that's really funny. one of the more fascinating things I've ever been a part of. That sounds like a parent tip by the way that sounds that sounds like one of those aesop fables for for parenting like the the horde of bees is my kid having a tantrum um, sugar water and sugar water is juice, box. obviously okay getting the the queen bee is is her is her elmo binky you get that in the box and it's a horde of bees it's gonna follow man 
I like it. It's an Aesop's fan. It's, a, it's good. I like it. All right. <laughs> I'm glad that was your interpretation of that. Uh, so my daily daps, i got a couple things. First, I just want to give a shout-out to uh, the team at MockDraftable.com. I think it might only be one guy, but um, if you've never been there, it's awesome. They have the prospects in the draft, and then they create these spider charts. We've talked about it on here before, like sure. the web charts for – where their um, finishes in certain things like the 40, the broad jump, three cone, hand size, height, weight, all that stuff fit in the percentile of athletes for them. So it's really cool. You can get a sense of the athletic profile of these guys. So people like J.J. Watt and Calvin Johnson basically filled in the entire chart because right. they're freaks of nature. Whereas other guys, you can kind of get a sense of how they match up, and it gives you comparables about guys that were in the same height, speed range. Really cool if you're looking at draft prospects and kind of just trying to get a sense of of who they're athletically similar to. So it's mockdraftable.com, really cool. And then the other daily dap is, uh, have you guys ever heard of the NPR Tiny Desk yes. series? Yes. No. So it's a series where they have uh, artists submit like music, and it, the, the music video and it has to be them performing an original song at a desk of some sort. That's the only thing. Okay. So there have been really cool ones before. Uh, this artist, Fantastic Negrito, I think he won last year. He's a really good, really good artist, uh, really enjoyed his stuff. And then this year, the winner they announced on Friday her name's Galen Lee, and she performed the song called Someday Will Linger in the Sun. And okay. what's amazing about this is she was born with uh, brittle bone disease. So she plays – the song is just her, her voice, her violin, and a looping pedal. So she has what's to play – a looping pedal? It's something so you can play You can play a riff, so she plays part of the melody, and then you hit the looping pedal, and oh, it will, and it it will it loop it, okay, so got then it. you can yeah. add over it. So yeah. she plays this whole song by herself, but because she had brittle bone disease when she was first born, is she has to play the violin almost like a cello. And she plays it and sings it, and it is beautiful. The song is amazing. The melody is like stuck with me all weekend. I listened wow. to it again this morning. Like, it's crazy, and it's really impressive. So I tweeted it on Friday. I'll re. I'll tweet it again. There you go. Uh, Galen Lee uh, for the song "Someday Will Linger in the Sun" won the NPR Tiny Desk Award, and it is amazing. It's NPR it's really Tiny cool. Desk Award. NPR Tiny Google Desk it. Award. Google it. Love it. All right, I, I I will. That was so that was so poetic and nice. I, I'm going to go the other way and talk about a bloody mess that was uh, <laughs> Nate Diaz's face. Daily daps to Nate Diaz. Stockton slapping his way uh, to an unbelievable Stockton slapping, <laughs> unbelievable upset victory uh, over Conor McGregor, the heavily favored Conor McGregor. There was nothing that bothered me more uh, about how this fight. Uh, I guess uh, how they were billing it that Conor McGregor was moving up two weight classes. It's like, how about if we just turn that around? Nate Diaz moves up two weight classes and beats one of the best pound for pound fighters in the world. That could have been a headline. Uh, wouldn't have been inaccurate, but that's uh, that's how they build that fight. But no, Nate Diaz was. I mean, it was unbelievable to watch. It yeah, you really, and I were you really and I were talking was. on the way up here. It looked like. McGregor had that fight won in the first round, and yes. he felt it too because he's always got swagger in the oh ring in the octagon. But oh my, God. oh my gosh, was he was he peacocking in the ring on uh, Saturday night? And then Diaz got in that one good shot, and then that just kind of leveled solid the fight. one two, um, leveled it, leveled uh, Conor McGregor, and it uh, it equalized that fight. And then it really wobbled him uh, straight down to his boots, uh, and, uh, and then for some. I don't know why. I mean, I know he was hurt and he was looking for the double, but he looked for a double leg. And then here comes Nate Diaz. Like, really? Okay, cool. Yeah. Walk through his ground game defense, air quotes, uh, and, and put him into a uh, into a choke. I felt and, like McGregor was so, trying to just get him down and then do the thing where he kind of like, yeah, hopefully gets top control, and just, just lays yeah. on it, and, That's what it and rides out the round and can get back. Well, I think he was trying. No, what he was what he was trying to do, and this is common tact. Even if he loses position and he was trying to uh, pull, he was basically trying to pull guard. And he was essentially uh, thinking that Nate Diaz didn't have power to really rain down shots um, to really hurt him and so that he could recover. But it didn't work out because Nate Diaz is an unbelievable Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt pr- practitioner. Mm-hmm. And, and and Conor McGregor has absolutely no ground game whatsoever. He's like a brown whatsoever. belt, I think. He's, it's horrible. His his ground game is awful. But, uh, but Nate Diaz came in on 11 days' notice with the media obligations. He probably trained legitimately for about four or five days. Takes on one of the toughest dudes in the world and beats him? Yeah, are that, you kidding me? It was it was a it was a good fight. It was and, crazy. Uh, McGregor said so afterwards too, and uh, it was interesting. You know what's funny? A side note off of that, I was at uh, I was at GameStop yesterday, sw- switching around a game that I had just recently purchased, but the disc wasn't working, 
and the UFC 2 game <laughs> has Ronda Rousey and Conor, Conor McGregor on the cover. And no! it, comes, it comes out in like a week. And oh. in the span of when they signed both of them to when the game's coming out, they've both lost their belts. It's, and I was the, like, new, it's the new Madden curse. I was like, no. Oops. Oh, no. It's the no. new Madden cover curse. But you know what? Odell Beckham said, forget your curse, bro. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That, that's, that curse is out now. So yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I got you. Oh, I got what you're saying. Okay. You yeah, had yeah, to yeah. pass to another EA yeah. game. Um, by the way, if you want a full fight breakdown, Fightland.com, who I've dapped before, Fightland.com did an unbelievable piece breaking down the technical aspects of that fight. Cool. I, I totally, if you're into the fight game, I absolutely encourage you I'll have to check it out. Uh, to check out that piece on fightland.com. It'll take you about 15, 20 minutes. It's, it's a great piece. So please go check it and out. But uh, that's our show, man. Yep. Don't forget to like, subscribe, download, like comment subscribe. on iTunes. Comment. I know you hate us, but comment anyway. Tell us why you hate us. We, exactly. It fuels us. James Coe, Alex Yelhar, Marcus Grant, we're out. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.